Welcome to Captain's Log. This is episode 8, Go and Tell versus Come and See. In this episode, we'll explore our tendency to complicate the really simple commands that we've been given, and in particular, we'll take a look at the Great Commission. While serving in an administrative capacity at a school where I worked for nearly a decade, I once observed something that stuck out to me as an example, and it really highlights the point that I'd like to make in today's episode. There was the same setup in the lunchroom or the cafeteria of the school for at least the better part of 15 years since the school had began, and they began to renovate the cafeteria, putting in uh, totally new flooring and reconfiguring the setup as it had been since the school began. At any rate, serving in an administrative capacity allowed me the opportunity to sit and have lunch and interact with teachers from uh, various departments in the school. And elementary would come in to do lunch, middle school would come in to do lunch, and high school would come in to do lunch as well. But as lunch went on after the renovation, something really curious happened that really caught my interest and made me scratch my head until I realized that it's something that we really have a tendency to deal with even in ministry perspectives. So as lunch went on, elementary came in and they were largely unfazed by the changes that they had. They came in at the direction of their teacher, they sat down, they had lunch, and it was business as usual. Middle school was largely the same. They came in, perhaps a little bit more chatter, and uh, with the direction of their teachers, they sat down and they had lunch. But when it came to high school lunch, keeping in mind that many of these students had had the same exact setup for the better part of a decade, they came in and were in complete disarray at the reconfiguration of the lunchroom. And one of them even asked me the question, what do we do? <laughs> I was amused, and in my uh, typical sarcastic comment, I uh, sat down and said, you have lunch. But the illustration serves to remind us that we really do have a tendency to make some things that are really simple, really complicated. And the church is, is no exception to that. We have a tendency to take the very simple commands that we've been given in Scripture and make them really complicated. As we take a look at the Great Commission through this perspective, and really try to understand the simplicity of the command, yet the complexity that we ascribe to it, there are two paradigms that we can keep in mind and that we'll seek to contrast as we look at the Great Commission. We either have a paradigm that says, go and tell, or a paradigm that says, come and see. And we'll take a little bit of time to unpack why we have a tendency in the church to take that really simple command and make it complicated. Well, it's only fitting to begin this discussion by reading the Great Commission. And so in Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 17, it says this, And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. Of course, we know this passage as the Great Commission, Christ's final command to his disciples before his ascension. 
On the basis of his authority, we go, make disciples, and teach. Pretty simple, right? But we have a tendency to complicate that very simple command that we've been given. So how do we do that? Well, there are a few ways that we'll take a look at and and hopefully unpack. First, we have a tendency to change the command for all Christians to go and tell to the suggestion that all Christians invite others to come and see. How many times have we asked someone to come to church rather than asking them to come to Christ? How many discussions have we had along the lines of making church more attractive so more people will come? Of course we want people to come to church, but what has happened over time is we've equated inviting others to come to church with fulfilling the Great Commission, but they're not one and the same. Paul in Ephesians 4 verses 11 through 16 teaches the purpose of teachers, pastors, overseers, and gives us another contrast of what the church is supposed to be and what it has become. Starting in verse 11, it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We've largely imagined the church as a place to gather like an auditorium. The people are spectators and the pastor and worship teams are performers. So in order to attract more people, we need the pastor to be more appealing, the worship team to be more exciting, gadgets to be more attention-grabbing than the church down the street. We are in the mindset that others should come and see. But Christ's great commission and Paul's explanation of the purpose of pastors and teachers and evangelists reminds us that actually we gather together to be so equipped that we can go and tell. If we were to rewrite the great commission to accommodate church marketers and church growth gurus, it might read something as follows. First, prepare your sanctuary with an appealing color scheme. Be certain that the music resonates enough with young people, but not so much to offend the senior saints. Be certain the pastor is winsome, funny, and short-winded. Sprinkle in as many programs that relate to the needs of busy people as you can. Then ask others to come and see. Increase the number of spectators and the names on your rolls. But the reality is that that wasn't the command that we were given. And it takes a very simple command and makes it much more complicated as we add layer upon layer upon layer of other elements to complicate the very simple command that we were originally given. Well, there's also a second reason that we can make something that's really quite simple, rather complicated, that is that we've minimized the ministry workload to paid professionals 
instead of maximizing the ministry potential of all believers. Somehow we've imagined that sharing the gospel means inviting someone to church to hear the pastor preach or proclaim the gospel. Now, don't misunderstand me. There is nothing wrong with inviting people to church to hear the pastor preach. But over time, we've forgotten that all Christians are commanded to share the gospel. Just think about it from a simple perspective. Which is more effective? One man standing once a week to share the gospel with a few visitors sprinkled in, or the whole congregation sharing the gospel daily to a whole community of unbelievers in daily encounters? Here we would do well to remember one of the key aspects of the Reformation, which is the priesthood of all believers. And we recall the words of William Tyndale as he spoke with a cleric, If God spare my life, ere many years pass, I will cause a boy that driveth the plow to know more of the scriptures than thou dost. It's important for us to remember that it's not simply paid professionals. It's not simply those with seminary credentials. It's not simply those with master's degrees or doctoral degrees that are to be doing the work of ministry, but rather the simple command that we've been given is a simple command issued to all believers. And so, in so following that command, we are all equipped as the body to work together and to fulfill the Great Commission and to spread the gospel to all that we come into contact with. It really is a simple command, the Great Commission, to go and to tell, to proclaim the gospel. But we have the tendency to complicate it over time. To go back to the opening analogy or example of the students who were unsure of what to do when they walked into the lunchroom only to see that it had been uh, arranged in a different format than that which we had, they had become used to all those years. It's in those types of scenarios where we in the church have a tendency to find ourselves in the middle of things that are absolutely complicated. We bounce back and forth between committee to committee. We go to meeting after meeting. We have business gatherings and we raise issues and we have votes and we raise money to uh, make things have a better appearance. We do all these things and we take something that really was quite simple and we make it ridiculously complicated. Now, I don't mean to demean the different things that churches have going on, but I do mean to call us back to the simplicity of what we were commanded to do, specifically here as illustrated in the command of the Great Commission. When we complicate something that's really quite simple, what we're actually doing is exchanging the wisdom of God for the pseudo-wisdom of man, which is actually foolishness. Well, I thought we would do something different this time, and so instead of the typical poll results that I usually read here on Captain's Log, we're actually going to play a Twitter game. We've actually started, and there are several good entries already on the hashtag, but I thought I would announce it here and let you guys chime in, and we'll read some of the best ones on next month's episode. The hashtag is Calvinist Vacation. So jump on Twitter and tweet out with the hashtag Calvinist Vacation your best thoughts on uh, exactly what Calvinists would do if they were to take a little bit of time off. I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Of course, you can visit me at CalvinistPicard.com. 
Make sure to go to the first contact page and leave your comments and feedback. Of course, you can also find us on iTunes. Do me a favor and rate the show, and you can also leave comments there on iTunes. That would be really helpful. Of course, you can find me on Facebook now as well. Or you can also email me directly at calvinistpicard at gmail.com. Well, I thought I'd wrap up this month's episode with one of my own tweets in the Calvinist Vacation hashtag. It simply says this, Vacation. Calvinists cannot vacation lest the Pelagians gain the upper hand. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Mm-hmm.